speak in the name of God, who is love, beloved, and love sharer. Amen. We are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. Gee, what a great way to begin our annual renewal program Sunday. Sometimes the gospel gives you just what you need. God calls us into relationship. And at the heart of that relationship is the essence of what it means to be a Christian person. And that's the framework within which we begin today a period in our church year which is known as the annual renewal program. So what does that mean? It means that while stewardship and the concern for stewardship is a year-long activity, in this particular period of October and November, we become very particularly intentional about the renewal of our energies to be stewards to be stewards in our lives and to be stewards in this place. And stewardship reconnects us, firstly with the need to reflect on where are we with God? How are we with God? And it also calls us to be more mindful of an accounting for all that has been entrusted to us. So if I were to lay out a theology of stewardship for you, I would draw your attention to that passage in the first chapter of Genesis, where God is having a conversation with God's self. And God says, let us make human beings in our own image, in the likeness of ourselves, and let them be masters of all that lives upon the earth. God does not say, I, my, me. He says, us and our. Because God is not a solitary figure, what this shows us is that God is, in the essence of God, relational and communal. And in a sense, God is a community unto God's self, within which there is an intensity of love so powerful that it radiates out giving birth to the universe, to the creation, 
and we are told that we are the crowning glory of that creation. Because we are in the image of God. We are relational beings. We seek relationship in order to fulfill and complete our sense of being alive. And we find those relationships in community. Communities like the one here. The early church father, Tertullian, is reputed to have said, one Christian is no Christian. Because to be Christian means to belong to the people of God. And at the peace we say, we are the body of Christ. Why? Because we are all baptized into one body. The second theological point comes from Benedict and the description he gives of the role of the salara. In the monastery, the salara was the guy who took care of the money, the resources, the fabric of the buildings, the kind of director of operations. And somewhere in his description of the salarer's responsibilities, Benedict uses the phrase tender competence. And Norveen West, a prominent writer on Benedict, puts it this way. Stewardship, she comments, means working with God to tend and care for the world, including tending and caring for our own vocation. And what is that vocation? Well, it takes many different forms, depending on who we are as individuals. But the vocation that we all share in common is that we are called into relationship with one another to be the people of God in this place. And the gospel talks about it in that rather strict tone of, well, you've only done what was yours to do in the first place, so don't expect any praise for that. But I think in the heart of what Jesus is talking about is he's drawing our attention to the fact that we are trustees. We are entrusted by God. The job of the trustee is to look after things that don't strictly belong to him or to her. It is to look out for the interests of others. It, is involves, it involves giving account for actions taken. And the good steward, day by day, watches and is mindfully aware of the responsibility to practice tender competence in the care for the material world and the care for human relationships. And through tender competence, we give thankful account to God for all we have been given in trust to enjoy. 
because it is not ours. All that we enjoy has been given to us in trust. And tender competence is the action of discipleship. An action flowing from an experience of gratitude. If you want to know whether you're living the spiritual life, the easiest way to find out is to count up the number of points as you reflect on your life where you are overwhelmed with a feeling of gratitude. Gratitude flows from that deep encounter with God. And it's the first fruit of spiritual living. And to live the spiritual life as disciples is to live from the experience of gratitude. And disciples never resist at least for long, a generous impulse. So what does all this mean for us here this morning as we begin this cycle of annual renewal? Well, the first thing I want to tell you is how grateful, how filled with gratitude I am to this community for the honor and love that you extend to me as your priest and pastor. And as we consider today the first element of annual renewal, we need to address the thorny issue of money. I don't appear to be one of those clergy who find it difficult to talk about money. (laughs) Because as we look to 2014, we need to assess our financial strengths and weaknesses in order to be able to plan how we're going to exercise tender competence in the year ahead. And gratitude expressing itself in a generosity made real through tender competence for the world is what God is calling us to become here. Since 2009, we have been running a deficit budget. The reason for that is because it was in 2009 that the cathedral took full financial responsibility for the payment of the clergy. We think of this community as a long and established community in the life of Phoenix. And while that is true, in some senses we are a very young community, four years old in terms of financial responsibility. One of the great strengths of this community is it has survived. It survived the collapse of the inner city and the white flight to the suburbs. A valiant band of of people deeply committed to the love of God and to one another kept the doors of this place open through difficult years. 
But one of the main reasons this cathedral survived was because the diocese took a decision to maintain a cathedral presence in the heart of the city. And that decision has borne such rich fruit. And we, we are the evidence of that here this morning. And so as we begin to intentionally consider the strengths and the weaknesses of our financial and talent and time commitments to the life of this community. I want to offer you a metaphor. It's the metaphor of mind the gap. Those of you who have been to London will know that every time you get on and off an underground train at the tube, you hear this voice booming at you, mind the gap. Mind the gap as you move from train to platform or platform to train. I want us to mind the gap. I want us to mind the gap between what feels safe and secure and what feels generous and risky. I want us to mind the gap between what feels possible and what is actually needed. The difference between these two poles is simply the limitation of expectation, the limitation of imagination, the failure of courage, lives lived from a notion of scarcity, rather than abundance. And we limit our expectations to what most of us can easily afford, which in most cases amounts to an incredibly low percentage of our surpluses of money, time, and talent. Yet what is needed is a prayerful prayerful and courageous generosity of money, time, and talent. And part of the malaise of modern life that afflicts us so severely is that we struggle with an experience of futility. We feel unable to make a difference in the world. We cannot see ourselves reflected through the good that we do. And nothing as much as a government shutdown, reminds us of that experience that permeates the whole of modern life of futility. It's like there's nothing that we can do. At the heart of all our longing is our human need to experience making an impact for good. And through our shared journey of discipleship as a community, Trinity has the power to make an impact in the world. And through this we come to experience making a difference in the world at the heart of our own living. And it is my experience 
that God does not encroach into that part of life which is ours to be accountable for. One of the reasons we so often feel that our prayers go unanswered is because we want God to take all the responsibility for changing our lives and for making the world a better place. God does God's part. But this is a partnership. God invites us to do ours. And the gospel this morning actually gives us two things that are vital as we begin to move forward. Jesus is saying we need only to have an amount of faith the size of a mustard seed. That is big enough for, the, for there to be no limit to what we can achieve. Often our courage and vision fail because we think we need more faith than we have. What we have, Jesus tells us, is enough. And the second point As stewards and disciples, there is nothing out of the ordinary in doing only what is our duty and responsibility to do. We are God's stewards. We are Christ's disciples. And we are called to be accountable for the good use of the resources of money, time, and talent entrusted to us. And one result of this accountability is that we give generously from the benefits that we enjoy so that this Christian community can make an impact for good in the world. And another is that we encounter that longed-for deepening sense of purpose, which is the spiritual fruit of an expanding sense of gratitude at the heart of our living. Amen.